0: So very good. Hey, that was it was it was great introduction. Uh, thank you so much, Shannon Ray. Um, you know we've known these guys for I, I think I was thinking about it this morning while sleeping, or being awake uh, downstairs in the house uh, about 16 years. Yes, yeah. and um, and I I want to say equally that you know the, the to the degree that I've understood of being okay with being able to run with passion and experiencing joy, that's not just some deep-seated spiritual statement about that. This outpouring of laughter and humor, and, and just you know, having fun together. It's something that I picked up from being around Shannon Ray. We, we worked together uh, at, at, on staff at Christian Center, for probably about six, seven years, six, seven years yeah. six or seven years that I was there, um, and, and it just always has been such an amazing time. I, I love the statement that Church Untamed has of seek, love, and build. Uh, seek God, love people, build community, because it is, its it just seems to be the essence of your of life. Like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, just hanging around them. That's exactly what their home replicated, that they were seekers of God, they were lovers of people, and that they continued to build a community. So, uh, really cool. Hey, I've got a message I want to bring this morning. I'm going to ask if Ray can chuck up a couple of slides that I've put together. Um, this idea of... I, I, I started to look at some of the advertisements that we get fed on the television, and... Um, Uh, this whole concept of being a hunger buster came up. I'm sure, I'm sure that's a fast food concept, right? I'm sure that this is something that uh, McDonald's have tapped into. And listen to this. Big Mac hunger buster. The iconic Big Mac, the classic cheeseburger, a chilled medium soft drink, medium fries and a small sundae. In other words... The stuffed dreams are made off. I'm sure maybe all the kids go, yes, 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 yes. But really, and all of this for just $12.50. Go ahead. Pinch yourself. <laughs> uh, put, put, the next, put the next one up. The McChicken Hunger Buster. A crunchy McChicken burger with medium fries, medium drink, and a small sundae to top it off. Who knew $10.50 could buy you so much satisfaction? Like yes, is that? That's good, right? But hey, uh, then, it, uh, it's just indicative of a whole lot of marketing strategies that you know they're trying to sell us something more than what is actually on offer. Who knew that dreams were made of such things as these? Like wow, here's me and my chicken McCheese or whatever it is every morning. we stuck stuffing that air. Like dreams come true. Blah, blah, blah great, this is, this is not working, I'm not, I'm not progressing in life. But they promised this fulfillment beyond the product's ability. Um, you know, when I looked into it, you know, it says stuff like, oh, it will fulfill dreams, desires, it will cause expectations to, to come to pass, and it will satisfy your hunger, and it will give you happiness. And when I looked into it, I went, oh, wow, I wonder what else there is around. I looked at some of the lip ads. And any of you who have been on a, uh, particularly a teenage boy's school bus, will know the smell, the overpowering smell of Lynx. And what do all the ads say about the Lynx products? I'm not, and I'm not trying to foo-foo one particular brand or another. I think uh, everyone's bought into this marketing strategy. Lynx products and boys, come on, if you spray yourself with this, all the ladies are going to love you, right? It's just, what well, we know that's not true. There was candy bars that I saw that if you ate them, they would give you unparalleled confidence in life. There were cars that you could buy that if you, if you didn't have it, you're failing as a parent. And if you bought it, you automatically became some of the best parents on the planet because you owned this particular vehicle. There was a TV show that I saw advertised that, and, 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 and the tagline was this, like, watching this TV will make you experience true life watching somebody else pretend to do true life will help make you experience true life. Thank you, Shulman Street. It wasn't Shulman Street, (laughs) but I know that's not true, right? So, so interesting. See, the the problem of living in a world of consumerism is, which is what we do, is that it has this great ability to temporarily meet all of our perceived needs. Um, But What our spirit actually desires is intimacy with God. And outside of having that level of fulfillment or that level of connection, we're always going to feel like we have to force-feed ourselves on some other thing to experience a degree of satisfaction in life. Because I think the ultimate satisfaction is only found in a connection with our Creator, with the God who uniquely made us and, and, and loves us like nobody else can. And we can suppress that desire by filling up on all these other things. In the, um, who is In the words of Pink Floyd, we can become comfortably numb, like, right, ah, oh, wow. I've got all of this stuff going on in my world. And I've, I've figured this out. If I comfort eat or if um, I hang around with the people who say the right thing so I feel okay about myself, or if I partner myself with all these different things in life that kind of, I don't know, help me measure up and, and help me feel satisfied, but really I know there's an itch that's not being scratched somewhere deeper within. Well, then we do end up in this comfortably numb position, And and we can be okay with that. We can be placated by everything else that's going on around us, which is to be calm, soothed, appeased, or satisfied. But ultimately our satisfaction has not been met. There's there's, there's two options that I believe we have. and And I just want to put it at two options, and I'm probably only going to talk about one of them in the time that we've got this morning. Uh, that we have as believers And why only one or two well, Because there's so many options in this world of consumerism That we live in In this in sensual this society Where we're surrounded by what we see And hear and taste and touch And, and, and smell and, and we're experts in that realm Of deciphering and deciding What we do what we don't like Like I, I like the feel of a velvet sweater I don't have one, but it just lends itself <laughs> to being a good example. I don't like the feel of, I don't know, uh, sackcloth and ashes. Uh, good biblical uh, example there. I like the taste of chocolate, and I will consume it whenever I can get it, but beetroot I'm not so happy about. Like, like you know, we, we, we understand what we do and we don't like, and, and, and we're actually experts at it. But I think there's a, a, an invitation that we have as believers in relationship with the supernatural God to experience things beyond the central realm or the central desires. That, 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 that there's, there's spiritual senses that we have. That there's, um, anyway, that's going to go down a road that we won't come back from. Uh, <laughs> so two options... Uh, that we'll probably only talk about one of this morning, is that we can either be a consumer or one of the consumed. And why one of the consumed? Because our our God is an all-consuming fire. You'll find in the book of Hebrews it says that about I think it's maybe the end of chapter 10 or something like that. But but my God is an all-consuming fire. And I found from my inception or my introduction into Christianity... Um, out out of a and, and, and you know out of a life of experience of chasing around some of these the stuff that the world had on offer and throwing myself with abandon into into the into the fray like you know and even when you get beat up uh, what's the what's the the power once more into the breach or once more into the fray like wow even though life's beat me up and those things haven't worked out well well that's where I've figured out my comfortably numb position and so I'm diving back in. But when I met Christ, when Christianity became a reality for me, everything changed and I realized that I'm not just giving a little part of who I am on a Sunday kind of meeting... But he's consumed every part of my life, and it's affecting my world and bringing change and transformation in every area of my life. It's affecting my friend, my, my the people I you know the friends that I have. It's affecting what happens in my workplace. It's affecting what happens in my home. I remember um, not long after starting to go to church, and uh, and I i moved out of the situation that I was living in and turned up to mum and dad's house You hadn't seen me for quite some time and said, "Uh, look, can I move? (laughs) Can I move in? (laughs) I'd come with the trailer with my gear, and said, oh, look, I've figured out uh, something, and I don't want to live in the situation that I currently have. Can I live here again? And, of course, mum and dad, being who they are, I said, yeah, of of course you can. And then, mum, later on that day, having a conversation with me, well, why? Well, why have you suddenly turned up on a doorstep with all of your worldly belongings and said, can I move into the house? I said, because I've started going to church. Because I've met a God who loves me. Because it's transformed my life. Because I realized that, that the, the way that I was living is not the way I want to continue to go forward. And, and I had to get out of that so I can be fully invested in this. And oh, Amen. God is good. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, or you can be a consumer, and which is probably what we're going to talk most about this morning. And, and my understanding is this, is that a consumer, because again, we live in a consumer society. I, I have a, a natural aversion uh, to going to the mall uh, up in Christchurch, the, the, one of the malls is just down the road from us. Uh, I, I understand that it's beneficial and it's helpful and it's a good way to do retail, bring all the shops together. But I, Carol will say to me, Hey, should we go to the mall?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> no, definitely not. Probably 50 percent because I'm a man and I don't want to go there anyway. There's no sporting good salt stores there. There's nothing that there you can buy that will shoot or catch or otherwise cause some delicious dinner to appear on your plate. No, I don't want to go to the mall. Um, but, but it's a consumer's paradise, right? Every single thing... And, and again, I, I'm, not, I'm not being crazy negative against the wall. This is just my natural uh, perspective of it. Every single thing in the wall is set up to take finance from us. No, nothing there is like, hey, I, I, I don't know. It's not like going to the beach and hanging out with your kids and having a good time. You turn up... Because it, 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 it speaks powerfully of the consumeristic world that we live in, right? Yeah. Come to the mall. Come to this place of fun. Come to this place... That you have to always pay to get something, but at least it's a quick fix, right? I do actually enjoy the ball sometimes, I just like to play on the fact that I don't. But a consumer always has their eye on what bargain or discount or a good deal or special they can get, knowing that it won't cost us too much and that it will just tie me over or lessen my appetite for the now. Uh, Remember, maybe if we used some scripture this morning, in Genesis chapter 25, uh, I don't know if you're how familiar we are with the story of Esau and uh, his brother Jacob. That uh, Esau, has their, their dad is dying. And so he sent the older brother Esau out, who's red and hairy, which is uh, always quite uh, an <laughs> odd, odd reality. Uh, anyway, uh, he sent Esau out to get some wild game from the field. And if we pick this up in verse 29 of chapter 25... It says once when Jacob was cooking some stew, uh, oh no, this is different. Uh, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, uh, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, "Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm, I'm famished." That is why he was also called Edom, which means red. Uh, Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die." Esau said, "What good is the birthright to me?" But Jacob said, "Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. It's like he was making this statement, well, what good is that which I will one day inherit when I'm hungry right now? Well, I need some satisfaction right now. What good, what benefit is that which is not yet mine even going to have in my world. Give it to me right now. That's a a consumeristic attitude. It's like he had a value for... He had no value for that which was not immediately available. So he took a bowl of lentils. He took a bowl of red stew over what would have been his entire birthright. It's a chalk and cheese comparison, right? If you just... Had awaited a little bit, he saw. If you just had a, had a little bit of pain, you weren't going to die from not eating that red stuff. Probably wasn't even that good in my imagination. But you sold your birthright for a bowl of stew. And once he'd settled for the instant gratification, he realized that the desire and the longing for his birthright remains. And read through his story at the end. Again, he, 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 now when his dad's dying and Jacob tricks uh, the dad is giving him the blessing, uh, Jake, uh, Esau's there pleading for it with tears. But he's already sold it on. And he's like, well, now I realize. Now I understand that, 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 that my dreams weren't going to be met in that Big Mac meal. Now I realize that the instant gratification wasn't the best way to spend my time, wasn't the best way to pursue the dreams and the ambitions and the aspirations that I had in life. But now it's too late. And so uh, is, is exactly uh, how his story goes. Uh, but we want to be careful that we're not allowing temporary pleasures to fulfill lifelong dreams. Um, a consumer goes to the place for the sole purpose of getting what they need. Another story in Genesis, in chapter 21, uh, the story of Hagar and, and Ishmael. Hagar was Abraham's or um, slave. And Ishmael was the illegitimate son that uh, Abraham had with uh, Hagar because his, his, his wife said, hey, uh, the promise isn't happening for us, so let's make it happen some other way. Um, but anyway, uh, it says the child grew and was weaned. And then, uh, I guess to cut a long story short, um, Hagar begins to mock Sarah, who's Abraham's wife, uh, and, and so she says in retaliation, Well, I want that slave woman and her son kicked out of, the, of, of this family. So Abraham sends them on their way. Uh, in verse 8, if we, well, in verse 11 it says, The matter distressed Abraham greatly uh, because it concerned his son. But God said to him, Do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to what Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and he gave them to Hagar and set them on her shoulders and sent her off to the boy. She went on her way and wandered into the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand. I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. It's interesting that Hagar who's grown up as a slave in Abraham's household when she's sent away, all her life her provision has been met all her life, all the time that she's uh, served in Abraham's household every one of her needs has been met she hasn't needed to think too far about the future because that was in someone else's hands, someone else was doing that, that thinking for her so the day, when the day came for her to be ejected from that family and Abraham turned up with one bottle of water and a bag of food she said, this is for you, off you go. She didn't think the question, well, what about tomorrow? What about next week? What, what, what about the months in advance? What am I going to do from here, Abraham? I faithfully served you all of the time. Now you're sending me away with like some meager provision. But it seems as though that wasn't even in her mindset because she was so used to being a consumer in the environment that she lived in that she went, oh, yeah, this is sufficient for now, off you go. Yet when she sits down because she's run out of water and sends her son off under a bush because she doesn't want to watch him die, she's like, well, now my immediate needs can't be met. Now t- no one else is providing for me. There's no quick fix. I don't know what else I can do. Let's give up and die. But yet God turns up. Here's the boy crying forgiven. says, don't, don't worry, hang you, you, you've got the wrong perspective here. And he opens her eyes, and she realizes that within a stone's throw of where she's currently sitting, there's a well that she can go to and endlessly fill up, endlessly have her supply replenished. That's what we have access to in our relationship with God. You know, I, 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 I love this thought that, you know, we, Sunday by Sunday we come into the house where, where it's awesome. It's great to gather together, and, and I love what takes place in a Sunday meeting. Um, but this can't be the only place where as believers we fill up our bottle and then go out into the days of the week and glug, 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 drink down the blessing and the, the, maybe the revelation or the good ideas or the good things that we've received in this kind of environment. There's got to be more watering holes in that, right? There's, there's, there's a wellspring of life that lives on the inside of us. And it's out of their relationship with God that we begin to fill out the things that give us sustenance in life. Because if we only ever left it to a Sunday-by-Sunday reality, eventually you're going to strike a week where something unforeseen happens, and you're going to drink down all of your provision and go, Oh my God, I didn't think it was going to be this Oh, wait, it's it's Wednesday and the bottle's empty. Man, it's one, two, three, four. What's too many more days to church? I need to go and find somewhere else to fill this thing up, right? Just an idea. See, being a consumer will blind you to the opportunities, blessing, and provision all around you. Because we 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 get focused on only on what we think we need. But there's so much more. If you're maybe if we I ask this question, are we sometimes looking to satisfy our hunger with the fast foods and the discounted things and forgetting that everything we need is found in him. Wow. Jesus says to the disciples in John chapter 4 after he's had the discussion with the Samaritan woman at the well and it's interesting in the discussion that he has with her he he says to, to, he asks her for a drink and she says well, you know, uh, here well, I've come to draw water from the well, and, you, know, you know, and he's, well, anyway, he, say, he says to her, you know, if, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink, and I would give you something to drink of which you would never thirst again, I would give you living water, and she asks for the living water, and then it disappears and tells everybody else about these amazing things that Jesus has been talking to her about. In the meantime, the disciples turn up, because they've been away somewhere else, and they, they, they realize that Jesus hasn't eaten. And they say, Hey, do you want us to go and get you some food? Do you want us to go, do you want us to go and get some mac and You Do you want us to go and get a Big Mac meal? Something that dreams are made of. <laughs> he says, Well, well no, um, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Not quite confused by this and. They start having a conversation amongst themselves about, hey, uh, whilst we're away, has someone else come and, and given Jesus some food? Or uh, has he got some pockets that he's filled up and, and he's eating some sandwiches? And, you know, uh, actually, we re- remember, remember going to Vitality? We, when we were at Nabokag, we used to go to these um, youth conferences in Queenstown called Vitality, which were also, we'd take a busload of youth up. Uh, and on the way there, I think it was the first time I ever went. Uh, we had a young German guy, I forget his name, uh, blonde headed German boy that was uh, staying in, in Chicago for a, for a while. Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan was on the bus. And uh, I'm sure it was Jonathan. And we were halfway to Queenstown on the bus. And I'm talking to him, hey, how are you doing? Oh, you're from Germany? Great. Uh, talking away. And he asks me midstream, are you hungry? I well, not really, but what were you thinking? And then magically, out of his pocket, he produces a sausage. Because <laughs> would you like a sausage? I'm like, what? No. Schnell <laughs> up! No, I don't want your sausage, put it away. <laughs> he consumes the sausage. Well, that was quite odd, right? But it's a long weekend. And over the course of the weekend, I noticed on two or three other occasions that we German boy Jonathan asking other people, would you like a sausage? Where are you getting these sausages from, Jonathan? I know you're not keeping them in the fridge. As they come out of your pocket, it's not like you're pulling off the glad wrap. I don't know how hygienic this is. You certainly have food to eat of, which I know nothing about. And I don't know if this is okay. But anyway, the disciples are asking Jesus the same question. And he responds with this, well, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me, or of him who sent me, and to finish his work. And I love that, because our, it's saying our true satisfaction is found in him. Although what David says in Psalm 63, that he, speaking of God, that he will satisfy us. So this is the old King James rendition of it, but he satisfies us as with marrow and fatness. Speaking about the substance that's inside of our bones. You, you can't get more inside a person than the marrow inside their bones. And, and it's just a great analogy that God is the one that meets our needs, satisfies our desire in a way that no one or nothing else in all of creation ever possibly could, can, or will. Because he knows us completely. You know, it might not be instant gratification. But if we can allow Him that that we receive, but if we can allow Him to develop a hunger inside of us. And I think sometimes even to a point of desperation in regards to our dreams and our aspirations and our hopes and and, and what we want to to experience in life. Well, I think that's a good thing because oftentimes I've, I've found this in my walk with God that I would get frustrated. Because maybe I would hear a prophetic word. Maybe I'd have a, a, a hope or a dream or an aspiration uh, for some area of ministry or, or even for the church that I'm leading now. I'm like, no, this is what I see. And I want it right now. Like, I don't think it's wrong to want things right now. I, I, I think there is a now theology in the Word of God. That, 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 that there's some things that, that are yes and I mean All the promises of God are already yes, right? And we get to speak the Amen to the glory of God. So he's, we, we're only saying Amen to things that He's already said yes to anyway. We're only saying so be it when we pray, when we call heaven to earth. We're only saying so be it to what He's already said yes to. So it's right to believe for God. I want it right now. Yeah. The, the, the promise of Your Word is that as, as, as sons, as daughters, as coheirs with Christ, that we can receive now the promises that are on offer So I think it's right to have a now theology. But I think sometimes we experience a delay in receiving that which we're believing for. Not because he's saying no, but because he's trying to increase our capacity for a better yes. Because he's saying you don't yet have the capacity. You're asking too small. You're asking for for car parks outside the mall so you don't have to walk so far when my promise is that you would inherit the whole earth. that if you ask for me and the nations, I'll give them to you. You're asking for ones and twos, which is right. I'm I'm believing for family members and friends to be saved and to experience relationship with Christ. But he's asking us to disciple nations. There's a bigness to God that we can't hope to fully fathom or comprehend. In fact, the psalmist says, Great is our God and greatly to be praised is greatness no one can fathom. Yeah, that's good. And I think the bigness of what He has for us sometimes is so unfathomable to, to the two pounds of custard in the top of our head. That that we've got to be able to let our imagination run wild with what it is that he has in store for us. And even then we still can't get our our imagination or our minds around it. So let me finish with this. Um, Sometimes our hunger costs us something. Or at least to increase it does because we have to forgo something so that we can gain the one thing. Now, I think the one thing is, 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 is always God. It's, it's, it's always our relationship with God. But in that, there's a myriad, there's a, there's, there, there's a multitude of things that are released to us in, in regards to that. So, I mean, I, I think often uh, that God would answer us according to our hunger. I'm sure someone else has come up with that statement, but I don't know who it is, so I can't accredit it to them. But I do believe it's true. That, that God does answer us according to our hunger. And, and, and as we allow our not only passion to speak, but sometimes our desperation, uh, sometimes it's our conviction, sometimes it's just, you know what, God, I've, I, I, I've read this, like, like Daniel, you know, I've, I've read that, that there was a limit to the, to the, to the time of captivity, and now it's the time for release. I've read it in your word. I might not even feel it as something inspiring or passionate within me, but yet it's the truth contained in the pages of your book. And I'm saying, well, well, now I want to experience that because I know the truth. I want to be set free in it. I want to experience the liberality of it. So, amen. I wonder if we could stand um, as we close this morning um, before I hand back to uh, and Shen. I just want to pray uh, briefly over us, if that's, if that's okay. Yep. Um, but Father, we just say thank you uh, that you do develop a hunger in us, that it is right for us to, you if we don't eat, we die, right? Uh, and, that's, and that's not good. We, 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 we want to be able to consume the stuff that you've placed around us. We thank you for the provision all around us. Uh, but in response to uh, the, the seeds that you've placed on the inside of us the bigness the, the of God that, that you know, wakes us in the middle of the night the, the dreams that we have for our kids the aspirations that we have for their futures the, 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 the prophetic statements that have been spoken over our lives that we have not yet seen come to pass Father we lift those things up for, before you this morning and, and, and I just say, uh, I, I just partner with you Lord and seeing the bigness of those things come to pass. God, this morning we let our hunger speak. We, we, we say, God, we're hungry to see our souls saved. We're hungry to see community transformation. We're hungry to see uh, the name of God lifted up in every area of society. We're hungry to see, God, that the good things of God come to pass to the glory of your name. So I speak a blessing over this house and favor over your people uh, to the glory of your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.